Well, those of you who do a good job keeping track of the church calendar year, and there's not a whole lot of us here who keep track of the calendar year, but those of you who do know that we celebrated Epiphany uh, about a month ago or so, let me remind you what Epiphany is. The church year begins with the season of Advent. It's usually four weeks. We celebrate Christmas, and then we have Christmas tide, okay? And then it concludes with Epiphany, which is the appearance of, let me click this, the appearance of what, we, what the song refers to would be the three kings, and the stories that we grew up with would be the three kings. But it's the Magi from the Far East coming to Jesus, who's in a small home at that time, according to Luke. And here's the point. Why is it important? It's Jesus initially being revealed. He's uncovered. He's revealed to all the world. Not just the Savior of the world for the Israelite people, but now the Savior of the world for all who would love Him and who would trust Him. That's why the church put the calendar together the way they did. And it's important that we're looking at this just for a moment today because Epiphany, do we all know what an Epiphany is? Aha! Aha! That thing that I was thinking about for so long that just wasn't making sense finally came to me. And now it's in my mind, in my heart, I've got it figured out. Many people call that having an Epiphany. Something important and significant being revealed what important and significant thing is it that Bob's going to share with us in just a moment? Epiphany is way more. It, it, it's about way more than just Jesus in his flesh, the incarnation being revealed to the world. What's really important is who is he? This is what we're talking about today, if you're wondering. What's the sermon about? It's right here. Who is Jesus and what is his mission? Who is Jesus? Number one. Number two. What is his mission to the world? Today I'm arguing that his mission is no less than hope. Hope for the entire world. Hope for the world. We're going to be hearing now from Isaiah, the powerful prophet Isaiah, chapter 51, verses 1 through 6, the nearly infallible version. That's what NIV means. Bob, would you come and share the scripture with us, please? Isaiah 51. This is Isaiah 51, 1 through 6. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her with thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. The law will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait and hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heaven. Look to the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness shall never fail. Thanks be to the Lord for this reading. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Bob. 
Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable to you, our rock, our strength, and our creator. In a big way, when I think about that season of Advent, you know, all those Sundays where we're hearing from the prophet Isaiah quite often, and we're singing those, those Advent and Christmas hymns, and we're getting ready, and we're getting closer and closer and closer to Christmas Day, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't all that long ago, but then again, it seems like it was a long time ago as well, because we're like up and running and into the new year, and all we're looking for is 2020 vision. It's almost as if the beauty and the hope and the joy that Isaiah reminds us about, nothing less than the salvation of the world, is at hand. I don't know how many times the prophet Isaiah says that. Salvation, and not just salvation of the world, okay, but the salvation of each and every one of us is truly at hand, even when we think about all the obstacles that we're facing right now. You know, it's one thing for me to think about how the coronavirus seems to be getting out of hand, but I don't need to go that far, do I? We have a number of individuals and families of all ages in our congregation right now just trying to be well enough to run to the store and get milk, let alone go to anything else. But Isaiah is reminding us that hope for the world is, none other in, is in none other than Jesus himself. Why are we looking at Isaiah today? Why did we decide to do that? This is the season of Epiphany. We're still in the season where Jesus, who Jesus is and who His mission is, it's still, that's what we talk about during this season. And Isaiah was one of the best prophets to reveal who the coming Messiah would be who became none other than Jesus of Nazareth Himself. There's Isaiah right there. That, at least according to one author, one artist, that's kind of Isaiah. Isaiah had a lot of visions. He had a lot of dreams. He not only looked ahead, but he just sensed what God was calling him to do and what God was calling him to share as well. Actually, uh, just a couple of notes. He wrote a long time ago. How long ago? 2,800 years ago. But you know what? We still hear a lot of Isaiah's words to this day especially during Advent and especially during the Epiphany season. One scholar says, who did Isaiah write to? He wrote to weary souls. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of weary souls these days. Weary for a lot of different reasons. Just plain tired of so many obstacles being in the way, trying to live from day to day. So I thought it was a, an appropriate Scripture reading to, to share with you today. Historically, it was during the, the time of uh, Israel's captivity. Most importantly, Isaiah's words, not only 2,800 years ago, but today, are words of restoration and hope. Even in the midst of all of the things that can quite often get in the way of the joy and the hope that we all seek indeed. The Lord surely will comfort Zion. Zion is another name. It's another word for Jerusalem. 
The Lord will surely comfort Jerusalem and will look with compassion on all of her ruins. Remember, this was during a time of war, and, and Israel and Judah were caught in the middle of superpowers. Egypt, let's see, Egypt on the lower left, Babylon on the lower right, and Assyria up, up above. They were right in the middle of all that political turmoil as well. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Think about that. Isaiah was writing to weary souls, people who had lost their own loved ones, people who had lost their homes. Thanksgiving will be found in her and the sound of singing. Isaiah knew that in Jesus we would find our salvation, that we would find joy, that we would find singing, that we would find hope for the world. And one of the best ways that I've found is that it's revealed in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. We're talking about salvation coming to the world. I don't know of a better scripture than Luke chapter 4, where Jesus, early on, very, very early on in his ministry, when he was going out into the world and sharing who he was, remember who he is and who his mission is? This is from Luke chapter 4. When Jesus came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, most of us are aware of that, he went to the synagogue, the place of worship, on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up. He stood up to a pulpit like that. And he read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, which was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus rolled up the scroll, and He gave it back to the attendant, and He sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on Him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture from Isaiah has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, my friends, I know that there are many of us in this room who are not Bible scholars. I know that. I know that there are many of us in here who are just plugging along day after day, doing our best to remember to say our prayers for the people on our prayer list. Some of us do a daily devotional. But for the most part, we're not Bible scholars. We don't go to all the Bible studies, and we don't really understand the relationship between Isaiah, who wrote 2,800 years ago, and the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. But my friends, it's a direct connection. It's a direct connection, and the way that we see and feel that direct connection is through Jesus himself. Isaiah said the world would be full of salvation and, and restoration and hope and good things. And it's revealed to us in none other than Jesus himself. That's what this season is all about. Who is Jesus and what is his mission of hope to the world? You're looking at actually a painting from the, from the walk to Emmaus where after Jesus was crucified, he was on the road to Emmaus and there were two guys. Well, there were two people 
We don't know that they were guys, but there were two people with him. And those two people were, hear me, weary souls. They were weary souls. They said to Jesus, are you the only one from this area? You haven't heard that Jesus himself was, he's, he's dead. He was a good guy, and he did a lot of healings, and he did a lot of teachings. He did a lot of great things. He gave a lot of people really a lot of things to hope for in the world, but unfortunately, they killed him, and he's gone. You remember how the story ends? Jesus says to them, you poor guys, I'm sorry you had to go through this. But it was predicted a long, long, long time ago by the prophets, one of them Isaiah. And I'm here today to fulfill what Isaiah was talking about. I'm here today to bring to life what Isaiah was talking about. I'm here today to be the one for you to put your hopes in, is what he was saying. And then that story ends with them getting to Emmaus, and they sit down at a table, and Jesus breaks bread, just like he did with his closest friends. We talked about this last week, remember? He broke bread with them. He offered it to them, and they recognized him. They recognized the hope that they were looking for. They recognized in Him this salvation and this hope and this restoration that Isaiah had been talking about for 800 years. And they realized, finally, that that hope was not just hope for the world, but it was hope for them. It was hope for them. I was going to talk about football for a moment, but I'm going to just stay right on track with Jesus as the hope of the world What does that feel like? Honestly, what does it feel like in our hearts? If you were here last Sunday, we celebrated Holy Communion. And if you might remember, we talked a little bit about the the doctrine and the theology and all of the, the history of what Holy Communion means. Remember that? And then we talked about a young lady named Mary Jones. Mary Jones never knew anything about that, those doctrinal, theological debates and all the things between Martin Luther and Zwingli. She never knew anything about the, the, the Nicaea, the Council of Nicaea from 325. She didn't know any about that. But she remembered hearing Isaiah say, salvation and hope and restoration and joy will come to you in the person of Jesus. Here's your take-home for the day. Here's your take-home. There are many of you here in the room who were here last week, and remember, I invited you to come up front, and before you opened your hands to receive communion, I, I invited you to do what? Say your name. Say your name. Well, one of you on the way out the door, one of you, And I think we can all relate to this today. One of you on the way out the door stopped right in front of me, and she said, I was doing fine in line. I was doing fine. Coming up, and I I was just doing great. And I got up front, and I raised my hand, 
But the moment I said my name, it's like Jesus was right there with me. That very moment, he was right there. The salvation, the restoration, the hope, the joy, the Savior of the world was right there with me. And I'll never forget it. Never. Well, it started with God a long time ago. He spoke through Isaiah, and he still speaks through Isaiah today. This hope for the world is manifest. It's made real in Jesus himself. And he's here with us this morning. Still with us. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and loving God, we do give you thanks for powerful visionary prophets like Isaiah and how he may have spoke for the first time 2,800 years ago, but he speaks powerfully in our lives today. We thank you for Luke, the gospel writer and the writer of Acts. We thank you that he made the choice to include these, these events in Jesus' life. That as he read the words of Isaiah... He revealed to all who He truly is and His mission of hope to the world, not only back then, but today, right here in our very lives. It is in the name of the Christ, the Redeemer, that we pray. Amen and amen.